welcome to the Product Owner's Viewpoint podcast. I'm Aparna and this is the first episode of my podcast. Today I'm talking to Ashwini Belur from California, USA. Ashwini has a master's in computer engineering and has worked in a number of domains like supply planning, healthcare and learning management systems. She currently works as an agile product owner at a healthcare organization in California. We had an interesting talk and among other things discuss the day-to-day responsibilities of an agile product owner, what skills Ashwini thinks a product owner should possess, what she sees in her future career roadmap and how she intends to get there. So without any further ado, let's get started. Uh, hi Ashwini, welcome to the Product Owners Viewpoint podcast. I'm very happy to be talking to you. It's great to have you on the show. So I know it's evening for you there. So good evening to you. Thank you Aparna and uh, thank you for inviting me and uh, good morning to you as well. So let's dive into the interview right away. Tell us something about yourself and how you started your product owner journey. Okay, so, um, well, I did uh, start off initially as a application systems engineer. And this was way back about more than 15 years ago when I started my career. And I did work uh, mostly as an application developer on uh, reporting tools. And in that process, I used to get involved a lot in crafting functional specification documents and technical documents and working very closely with stakeholders uh, during the UAT and BAT sessions. So um, I kind of felt that I, uh, toward, when I was doing this, I gravitated more towards uh, ana- business analysis and analyzing, the, uh, analyzing and troubleshooting issues. And I felt this role kind of suited me better and I enjoyed this. So I kind of then I went towards the business analyst role. So uh, after working as a business analyst, as a senior business analyst for more than 10 years, I, um, in, a, in a networking company, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, go for a different change in a different domain. And I found an opportunity mm-hmm. at a healthcare organization, which was at that point very exciting. And they were going through a new wave of, you know, a digital consumer digital strategy that was taking place there. And uh, I got into a senior business analyst role in a healthcare organization, and I got very much interested in what I was doing there as part of working with different uh, stakeholders, product folks, features, and uh, how, to, how to manage the digital assets on their site. So uh, as I was working as a, uh, as a BA after three years, and uh, I got an opportunity there to take my role to the next level, which was a product owner role. So I thought this would be a gradual progression in my career as well. And um, I took up this uh, product owner role, and that's how I landed up as an agile product owner now, where I've been working there for about two years now. That sounds very interesting. So um, you said that you'd worked in a technical role in the past. So would you say that uh, your current role as a product owner is helped by the, you know, the technical roles that you've played in the past? Yes, definitely. Uh, Though I don't um, work on a any technology as such here, but it definitely, definitely the background, having a technical background uh, did help me in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of understanding the systems here better. And if some, uh, if I interact with the developer and they explain uh, the uh, technicalities, I kind of uh, get it uh, easily as well. So tell me something about your responsibilities as a product owner in your current organization. What does your typical day look like? Okay. Uh, So product owners in my particular organization, I think it varies from, the role could kind of 
have some flavors and could vary from organization to organization. Uh, but in this uh, healthcare organization that I am part of, I act as um, uh, the conduit between the product management team as well as the scrum team. So I uh, manage the uh, the delivery aspect of a product and the features and capabilities by working very closely uh, with the uh, development team, the testers, the architects, and so on. But uh, to start off with, I have to work with the product managers in order to understand what the requirements are, what the vision of the product is, and I'm responsible for uh, kind of evolving this um, vision, taking the strategic part of it and putting it into a ta- tactical uh, delivery part of it, translating that. So this does involve a lot of uh, steps in between, uh, a lot of collaboration, uh, working closely with the uh, product managers, uh, the uh, experienced leads, designers, uh, content management folks, uh, uh, operations, there's several regional stakeholders. So basically serving as a voice of customer for them. At the same time, um, I have to communicate, coordinate, facilitate all the information with my uh, squad team or the scrum team, uh, making sure they understand the requirements. Uh, and, um, uh, and as a day-to-day process, as you asked me about, I am uh, involved in maintaining the product backlog. Uh, where all the uh, where I write the user stories and we have an agile process. So basically, I capture the requirements in the form of uh, user stories, acceptance criteria, and make sure that the, the the development team executes on that. And at the end of iteration, I uh, give a demo to the stakeholders, making sure the requirements are mapped to the acceptance criteria, uh, making sure the testing is done and accept the stories accordingly. And it goes through the life cycle like this. So I, I participate in all the like the scrum ceremonies, the backlog grooming, the planning, uh, retrospective demo, and all that. So uh, this is what happens in a, on a, on a iterative basis, uh, basically, uh, in a nutshell. So you mentioned that you know you need to work with the product management to understand the product vision and uh, understand the product requirements, and then that you translate that and communicate that to uh, the Scrum team. So typically, what are the challenges that one faces as a product owner when, uh, you know, during this process, Mm -hmm. when they have to translate the vision of the product manager and the requirements that they receive from them, uh, when they have to translate that into a vision for the Scrum team? Mm -hmm. So what challenges uh, do you face there? Okay, there are quite a few challenges uh, that I have come across now in the past few years. So uh, to give you some idea, so one of the biggest uh, role, uh, biggest responsibility in this role is to be a very good, uh, uh, strong communicator. And uh, in this role where I act as a bridge between several teams, uh, development team and other external teams, I have to really, really make sure that I don't drop the ball anywhere. And the uh, communication really happens very effectively and efficiently. Uh, and uh, it might look like I'm actually just, you know, sending out emails or just making sure, uh, following up with people. But that that really is important because I become the a voice for the team and they, and they ask me, okay, have you talked to the uh, editorial? Have you talked to the uh, user experience team? Have you got all that is required before we proceed? So, and then I have to communicate back to them. And, uh, and then probably sometimes the, uh, the product's requirements can change uh, and I have to make sure that, uh, you know, that is communicated back to the development team. So disseminating information across uh, different teams, communicating is one challenge, making sure, you know, the channels are all uh, 
properly linked. So one more other challenge that we had is uh, there are several cross-functional teams and dependencies uh, are always there when we have to work with cross-functional teams. Uh, because some of the requirements that uh, my team has uh, also has dependencies on, you know, uh, could be the, uh, there is something called has global component team that, that develops components for us that we inherit and use it as building blocks. So that's one team that we heavily depend on. And there are uh, like the you know design teams, editorial team, uh, and uh, the legal teams where they have to review the editorial. So in, in, in order to uh, make sure that the release functions smoothly, all those interdependencies have to be met. And as a product owner, I am the one person who actually works across these different teams. Some of the, sometimes what happens is the, uh, like, a, like the global company team might have a different cadence than ours. So we have to make sure that you know, that whatever they're building for us, whatever they are, or the defect they are fixing or the enhancement they're making for us is in time or is aligned with or when we, when my team goes live with our product. So that way kind of making sure that I work with the cross-functional teams for the product delivery uh, is, uh, and dependencies on them is uh, another thing to really uh, keep in mind. And uh, other one, last one which I can uh, mention is, uh, as a healthcare organization, we are heavily dependent on external system of record. And one of those system of record is uh, called EPIC, uh, my chart system. So EPIC system is something that is electronic medical record that uh, several of the healthcare organizations use. And um, uh, we are heavily dependent on them in the, in the sense that if there are certain features and functionalities that, uh, you know, that has to be developed by them, it has to be enhanced by them, several defect fixes, uh, be it uh, ADA defect or something else that is, uh, you know, we give it back to them. Uh, sometimes we don't have visibility into what's happening at their end because they, they are totally a third-party system, right? And they have their own way of doing their releases and how they get back to us. So uh, managing that, getting updates from uh, them is also very challenging. So you mentioned uh, inter-team dependencies, which is a fact of life as far as, uh, you know, software development is concerned. Uh, and one needs to keep on top of these dependencies to make sure that, you know, the release is not affected in any way. Everything is getting implemented in the right order and at the right time uh, so that uh, your de- your deliverables do not get affected. So organizationally, do you have anything in place which enables various teams working on an application to be in constant touch with Mm -hmm. each other and to discuss dependencies maybe on a weekly basis or or on a fortnightly basis or something. Do you have any mechanism in place that helps you do that? Yes, a good point. So uh, what uh, we have, at least in terms of this particular example, I already gave you about the global shared components uh, because our all our most of our development uh, nowadays is done using the Adobe platform, and Adobe um, Experience Manager has several uh, uh, global shared and unique components that we work with. And this particular team called the Global Shared Component Team is developing that for several teams across uh, this organization. So um, what we have in place is. Uh, uh, a weekly checkpoint, or even bi-weekly sometimes, uh, or, uh, or even uh, more than, uh, but, you know, like two times in a week, I should say. So we have a couple of representatives from my team who are AEM developers, who are the uh, are the experience manager developers, and they attend these uh, the uh, global component meetings where we bring up our requirements or whatever is uh, our impediment, impediment or anything that needs to be addressed in this forum. 
And that's where I also attend sometimes to make sure I provide that priority or that kind of push to make sure uh, how important it is for us uh, to uh, get that aligned in our release. So we make it uh, a best uh, possible way of, you know, communicating to them what our requirements are and they try to see if they can fit us in their uh, schedule. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, so that they might have to, uh, you know, uh, reschedule our releases. And one thing we have started in our organization is we have like a, a weekly release or a bi-weekly release. So if we miss one train, we always can catch on the other train. So that flexibility is also kind of uh, built in nowadays. Okay, that's that's interesting. So can you think of any one or two major challenges that you faced uh, as a product owner during your, uh, you know, during the last couple of years and uh, how you've been able to overcome these challenges? Um, so one of the uh, uh, challenges we had was with respect to the design, the comms uh, or the uh, UX designs, right? User experience design that... Uh, um, my team heavily relies on because ours is a lot of functionality, uh, flows, and feature-driven uh, application. So what used to happen was uh, the designs used to undergo a lot of changes, and the user experience uh, representatives would not uh, inform us on a timely basis. So what would end up happening was a team would be using something that is a little bit redundant than the mostly up- newly updated uh, comps. So um, one of the ways of kind of circumventing that or uh, going, you know, to alleviate the problem was making sure that whenever I do my backlog grooming, I um, include a representative from the UX user experience who has worked on these design uh, to make sure that whatever I'm sharing with the team is the most current one. And you, even if there are questions, uh, we go about, uh, you know, uh, making sure that uh, they update it and provide it to us before we start the iteration. Or sometimes we catch some in, uh, you know, uh, mistakes or something in the middle of the sprint, or even the editorial document sometimes is not updated in a timely fashion. So uh, even for that, we have kind of tried to see a way of uh, you know, overcoming this because in Agile, we have to deal with changes. That's how Agile is. So uh, if it's in the middle of the sprint, we create a new, I create a new story and uh, put it for the next sprint. So the newly updated designs will be consumed in the next sprint. So we try to keep a you know close watch on these, as well as I have a weekly uh, meeting with the, uh, the user experience producers so that uh, making sure that our features and products are aligned with their roadmap they are having. So roadmap gets very important in this case to make sure that they are not slipping on the deliverable and uh, ourselves and the product teams and the UX teams are all aligned uh, on a common roadmap. So we, we have the checkpoint. Uh, we, we try to do that. So you mentioned uh, a roadmap. So this is, you're referring to a product roadmap, right? Yes. Yeah, so there is a product roadmap and uh, and the product roadmap for just for uh, my team, there is a product roadmap. As well, but the UX producers, they have a product roadmap for the entire, uh, you know, uh, different uh, experiences and uh, uh, different teams that we have in this organization. So um, th- this particular touch point, which I mentioned was making sure that my features and products uh, are, uh, for example, whatever is in the quarter one well, projects and products that they are going to target in Q1 uh, is also on their roadmap. 
uh, and uh, so each product owner attends this kind of roadmap sessions and making sure there is alignment yeah tell me what skills uh, you think a product owner should possess okay uh, as i said a product owner needs a strong communication uh, facilitation skills and also uh, uh, the entire team i have come to realize over the past couple of years relies heavily on the uh, product owner so having you know some kind of leadership skills to be able to guide the development teams on requirements decision making sometimes uh, uh, we, we might not be able to make all the decisions uh, up front when they ask you so that, but that, that's okay because i realized that um, i have my own partner so i work with my product managers right? they are my partners so i go back to them and uh, discuss some of these uh, uh, you know challenges or questions we face that i can't individually answer and i work with them so since we have layered approach a hierarchical approach in my organization where uh, you know a uh, uh, product owner has the tactical part and the product managers has the strategic part but i still kind of you know in kind of talk to each other and and i can always go back and partner with them so that is second point is to provide good leadership and thirdly as i said decision making skills there could be variety of decision making skills one example is um been come to a lot of defects right when we are done with development testing and how do we deal with defects so uh, in terms of the priority in terms of uh, deferring the defect uh, all these all these are the questions that comes back to the product owner and uh, and sometimes even they come back to you asking for what should i do with this ada defect accessibility disability some of these defects are something that i realize over a period of time i don't have to make the decision myself but i have to go back to an ada specialist and work with them but but still i'm responsible for the team and i can you know partner with somebody else uh, having a good uh, decision making skills and also the fourth uh, point that i would like to say is a good domain knowledge um, since i'm working uh, primarily on you know electronic uh, health records and uh, medic clinical medical records uh, in this organization uh, over a period of time i have come to understand some of the uh, features and how they behave so having that knowledge of understanding what is built by uh, your team that's that's one of the biggest questions and challenges you know when defect comes in is it something that your team has to work on the development team or is it something that goes back to your the third party epic systems or even still does it go back to a, a front end team that does all the styling and other things so which team owns which part of it understanding that having that kind of uh, domain technical knowledge uh, really is uh, uh, helpful those are some of the your top 3 or 4 uh, skill sets i can think of absolutely so you mentioned the fact that uh, collaboration with the product the manager is one of the essential uh, functions of a product owner and being able to communicate well uh, with various stakeholders including the product managers is also a desirable uh, you know skill uh, in a product owner so what according to you should be the nature of the relationship between a product manager and a product owner uh, what makes for you know uh, the most successful collaboration between product management and product owners so um a product uh, i i would say they have to have a very uh, strong relationship so in in the end of it at the end of it even though uh, you are working with the de- uh, development team and you are responsible for their day to day deliverables at the end of the day you are shipping a product that uh, meets the demands of the customers and we always have to one thing that product manager and the product owner have 
one thing very common is they have to work towards the goals of what does the customer want really right we are whatever product you are building uh, it should cater to uh, uh, what the customer is going to use how the customer is, is is going to use are you improving the customer's journey are you kind of uh, facilitating them in some way using your product so, uh, so that is a common goal that both of us have and uh, uh, there might be certain different responsibilities that each of us have but at the end of the day uh, uh, having that working product and delivering that and shipping that off the customer uh, and getting that very rewarding and gratifying feeling is something that both of us share and um, that's why we have to have a very strong partnership uh, and um, um, i kind of always have this weekly touch points making sure that if there's any anything that is uh, that, that the development team comes back with scrum master comes back to me and making sure that i relay that back to the product manager and she is she doesn't get any surprises right that she understands that there might be some changes in the um, uh, release that something has slipped something has to be so all is at the day to day part but the bigger picture is we are working towards the common goal and uh, uh, and that's how we our relationship should be uh is your product manager co-located uh, with you uh, uh are you based at the same location yes, yes. in my case yes uh, and also there actually i work with two product managers um so one of them is uh, co-located one of them works from um, uh, southern california but we have like a uh, weekly one on ones and uh, sometimes she flies in over to our place here so uh, we have face to face also okay so you also mentioned uh, the fact that Uh, it's very necessary to know the voice of the customer and uh, both the product manager and the product owner need to be aligned mm-hmm. about the fact that they are doing the best possible uh, you know they're building the best possible solution for the customer so uh, given also that uh, a product owner is supposed to be uh, the representative of the customer um in your case uh, do you get a chance or an opportunity to meet customers uh, to talk to them to understand how they use a product etc or uh, do you get this information from from reports or from your product management how how are you uh, able to keep in touch with you know what customers need and how they are using a particular product yeah great question so um i'm happy to say that i can provide you some feedback on that because uh, recently what has happened is uh, our uh, leadership and management has encouraged all of us to take kind of take part in a couple of uh, usability studies that uh, usability studies or usability research which is being conducted by one of the uh, teams here in my organization so what they do is they invite um, uh, you know some participants who actually are members of this particular healthcare organization and uh, they are using our tools and functionality right and they could be anybody who are members uh, and uh, who are taking care of the other members as well and there are like a uh, remote observation so we have we come into a meeting room or a webex and product managers product owners and you uh, uh, and the designers are all invited here and we kind of quietly observe where where, where uh, there is a, a person who's driving this conversation at one end uh, like um, uh, like somebody who knows this uh, tools very well and then at the other end is the user the end user or the member uh, who Uh, who is supposed to be kind of sort of familiar because they might be using one or more of these products so that's the understanding and uh, each time we develop 
new designs or prototypes as we call them before we start development we want or you take it to the regional partners stakeholders to get their approvals we do this usability research and i am uh, i have actually had the opportunity to sit through a few of them recently where i quietly observe what uh, what kind of questions are being asked to kind of understand how the member the uh, end user is uh, using some of the features what they are doing with the medical record and uh, if they are provided with a prototype are they able to uh, you know navigate through it or if they are, is it is it intuitive enough for them so some of these are the basic things there could be other details but basically uh, i am part of this usability research and studies and i have had the opportunity to understand the voice of customer um that's one example and also uh, recently also i was able to visit um, uh, you know the uh, uh, you call that uh the uh, uh teleservice representatives are there who pick up the calls and uh, uh they get all kinds of member complaints or questions right so i kind of able to tag team with some of them and uh, uh listen to some of these calls and uh, see what their concerns are or what their you know complaints are so this is another way of understanding what the members feel what are the what is exactly are their pain points yeah So Ashwini uh, what are your career aspirations what do you see for yourself on your personal road map for the next 2 uh, years or 5 years or or beyond that okay uh well i just find this role challenging as surgeon it's, it's a interesting role for now but um but in the a uh, future right near future maybe i would um, uh, i would take it i would like to uh, see my career graph grow grow in terms of going getting into a product management which i would which i would say is a natural progression from a from a product owner to product manager they are very really, really very close to what is happening right with the, any new kind of intake that comes in any kind and you know, any new kind of uh, uh, you know requirements or kind of you say uh, ask from the different uh, regional partners could it be it could be marketing could be sales it could be diff- so they, they get to interact with a wide variety of people uh, and more number of uh, key stakeholders that i think would be a the natural progression as a career path as well as the role is even more challenging i would say that because you're the ultimate uh, decision power of the authority or in your of your products and you need to know your uh, products really really well and uh, and also at this point the communication the presentation and all that that you have to do uh becomes very critical the how you are convincing uh anybody uh, like you know if you want to go and you're given a budget how do you go and convince your leadership that uh, this is what i want to do and what kind of value it will bring to the members so uh, those are some of the things that are closer to my heart i would say great so um how do you think a product owner who has uh, ambitions to become a product manager what skills or what training or what knowledge mm-hmm. should they aim to you know possess uh, before they can get to that next stage well uh, based on some of the observations uh, in my organization maybe i can speak to that so uh, what i see here is uh, i see that we are getting a lot of in house training so we get uh, training in terms of analytics so analytics is one of the i haven't touched on that but i would like to uh, really say that that's that's the, that's at the heart of any kind of uh, uh, decision making that we have to do we need data so uh, in these days and times data is uh, the uh, very powerful one the tool that we need to use uh, 
So product managers heavily rely on uh, data here. And I've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, that very uh, rightfully using uh, data as a uh, uh, a proper mechanism to be able to say, okay, do we need to uh, retire this feature or do we need to keep this feature? Uh, do we want to, uh, you know, make any enhancements? Uh, how are the members using it currently? And all those kind of things, information uh, is provided by data. And uh, uh, one thing I would say is make yourself knowledgeable in how to use metrics and data as your decision-making tool. And uh, in that area, we are we have been provided some in-house training, so probably leverage as much of training in-house as possible. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, if you're given the opportunity to try to shadow your uh, product manager, maybe go to some of these meetings. So this is what I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to attend some of these, like, usability studies, or uh, if they go and present it to bigger audiences, stakeholders, uh, do the road mapping. So road mapping is one of the bigger aspects of what they do. Uh, it's a bigger chunk of their uh, day-to-day role as well, right? So product managers uh, need to know of, of what kind of features of product should get onto their you know, quarterly roadmap or a monthly roadmap and uh, why justification for why they want to bring in that. Uh, what are the benefits? So how are they going to position their roadmap and how are they going to pitch that uh, to a larger audience? So, uh, I'll see that I'll, I'll see if I can get any opportunity to observe them, shadow them, uh, which would which would kind of give me a good insight in uh, how they manage their roadmap. So that's the couple of points. And um, when you build designs, uh, uh, I recently went to a training on uh, human-centered design. So basically, how do you build empathy in your uh, empathy towards your members, your customers, when you're designing products. It was a very, very interesting training. And I felt that uh, there are a lot of product managers in the training as well, a lot of product owners. So uh, aspiring product owners were also, uh, product managers were also there. So it gives you a good forum to kind of understand how you can uh, design for the best experience for your uh, members. Great. I especially liked what you said about the fact that uh, a product owner needs to look at uh, analytics, uh, data, uh, because data, as they say, is the new oil. So uh, that's what's actually telling you what your customers uh, out there are doing with your product. Mm-hmm. And not only that, uh, it's obviously going to tell you, you know, how how well a product is doing financially and it'll help you take decisions on, you know, go, no go mm-hmm. uh, aspects of uh, maybe a new product uh, launch or uh, or an existing product. Like you said, should you continue with the product given the kind of uh, ROI you're getting on it, etc. So um, analytics definitely is one of the things that uh, I think a product owner should focus on, you know, during not only day to day work, but to, in order to be able to take uh, decisions on on the product as well. So uh what would you recommend for, uh, you know, getting to be uh, conversant with um, reading uh, business intelligence data or getting familiar with analytics and data? Because uh, I think it's not everyone's cup of tea, uh, but it's something that's very essential to do. Uh, and at the end of it, uh, it's not really that uh, difficult to, you know, get into data and understand the kind of trends and the kind of pointers that it's giving you about the product. But I think some people are probably intimidated by all those facts and figures and they probably don't go to, uh, you know, these analytics often enough to see what the data is telling them. So what would your uh, recommendation be to these people? Okay, so in order to overcome some of this uh, mental blocks or whatever you might want to call it towards data, 
Uh, here uh, is what I would might suggest because in uh, my organization, we have a very dedicated team towards analytics. And each uh, experience has their own um, analytics advisor, uh, if you want to call that. And uh, as a first step, as a product manager or a product owner, if you can set up meetings with your analytics advisor and ask them to uh, walk you through how they analyze your uh, product. So uh, there are things like uh, simple out-of-the-box solutions if you are using certain you know, products. They could be web trends or Adobe tools or whatnot. So some of these tools provide you simple out-of-the-box. So you're able to at least, um, at, as a layman, you might be able to understand, okay, but now how many members have visited this page, number of visits, um, some examples, right? I'm throwing in some examples. Uh, what is the abandonment rate from this uh, feature? And from where have they come to your this page from what is the path they have taken and uh, when do they exit when do they fall out so that's where you can see uh, where the conversion is not happening where they are having some difficulty somewhere in the transaction so uh, working with them and uh, maybe having them handhold you or or show you some of these tools uh, as a first step and looking at the reports and trying to digest some of these things uh, would be the first uh, first step. And uh, if you get more interested in it, and if your uh, company permits that you can have uh, uh, access to the license of the application, you probably might want to have a you know test environment or some environment where you can play around or you can uh, look at these uh, facts and figures yourself um, at your own time to uh, understand it better. Yeah, I think that's good advice. So Ashwini, um, if I were to ask you, what's the one best thing about being a product owner, in your opinion, in your experience, and the one uh, not so good thing, what would you say? Huh. Well, so one best thing is, I feel that uh, it is it's very gratifying. Um, I have seen uh, in the past year when other, uh, you know, the some of the groups were kind of struggling to get through their features release due to some of the, uh, you know, working on technical debt and something like that, I'd say. Uh, but uh, my team was able to uh, release some products and features successfully. And it was very gratifying to get all these accolades from uh, everybody, right, from the leadership and, uh, you know, all this visibility. So getting this visibility, getting, making sure, and, get, and all this is uh, very rewarding at the same time uh, when you know that, you know, these critical features like your medical record is being uh, used by so many people uh, and people use features like test results very often and you are working on that one feature. Uh, you know, that, is, that, that is one of the things that makes me happy that it is uh, very rewarding. And when you see the vision getting translated into a working product and customers are happy, get good reviews about it. And you also asked about what is a pain point? Is that what you asked? Uh, what I don't like about uh, uh, the road yeah. ride. Uh, sometimes I feel maybe I am just an extra layer in terms of, okay, the facilitation part of it. Uh, when when you feel that okay, the, the needle is not moving just because uh, you are supposed to go and find the answers and maybe, you know, you are busy doing something and you are not able to get that. So, Yes, it is. It becomes sometimes you wonder: Are you just doing uh, coordination, facilitation, and uh, but uh, in the bigger scheme of things, maybe that is important. Uh, that's because people come to rely on you uh, heavily, uh, and uh, you know you take your opinion seriously. But sometimes you feel a little bit overwhelmed in all the 
uh, follow-ups and chasing people to get things done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand. So here's wishing you many more of the former moments and uh, very less of the latter moments. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, I learned a lot from this uh, uh, interview and uh, it was uh, really lovely talking to you. Yeah, thank you, Aparna. It was, uh, it was lovely talking to you as well and sharing whatever, you know, little experience you have gained so far. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Owner's Viewpoint. See you in the next.